0: This is Influencing Insider, the weekly webinar that interviews Australia and New Zealand's best journalists about how they like to work with communications professionals. To view our complete library of episodes and register for the live shows, head to influencing.com forward slash insider. Hi and welcome to Influencing Insider. I'm Mike Woodcock, your host for this episode. Today's guest is Suze Tucker, editor of Concrete Playground, who cover arts, entertainment, dining and much more. For those that are new, welcome. We always take questions during the episode, so just enter them into the chat box and we'll do our best to get through as many as possible. In the meantime, welcome Suze.
1: very technical difficulties
0: that's it we've got you live on camera
1: you know always thrilled Back like in 2d sometimes you've just gotta <laughs> you've just gotta be okay with you know being getting on the screen
0: that's it that's it i had to put on uh, google glasses and everything today so
1: hey. thank
0: no, you so much goodness. for spending some time with us today
1: I my good lighting
0: no that's good
1: uh pl- absolute pleasure thank you for having me
0: so when I introduced you, um, I introduced you as Editor Concrete Playground, and cover arts, and entertainment, dining, and much more. But um, I might be selling the brand a little bit short there. Would you give me a quick rundown of the areas that you cover?
1: Oh, absolutely. So, so our editorial proposition is elevate your play. So basically, our our purpose, our editorial purpose, is to and and kind of like what we want the our obligation to our readers to be is to inspire readers to play better. So whether that's in their city. Um, whether it's going out to dinner and making a really great choice about where to eat, where to um where to drink, whether it's at home, what to watch when you're on the couch, or whether it's on holiday. So it's really about giving people the facilitating people, people's um sense of play. Um, more specifically, it's really, it's it's the like you said, Mike. It's the usual kind of culture and lifestyle beats of a of a of a city guide style um, publication, which ours is. So food and bev, events, arts and culture, entertainment, travel is a big one for us, and also kind of a focus on the um, I guess the the people behind the city and and the important kind of cultural stories and 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 city shaping that's that's going on in 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 our core markets.
0: Uh, it sounds editorially like a kind of um, thing you can have a lot of fun with. I remember the City Weekly 9 to 5 magazine back in the day, which some, some people watching might also remember. Um, great fun publications um, to work on. Um, editorially, where do, what's your role in there? How do you sort of govern that? that yeah, so, so my,
1: yeah, so um, I mean, that's that's always the challenge. Like. It, for my role, which is editorial director, and I sit across both the um, both the kind of pure editorial, pure organic editorial side of things, and the um, and the the filthy branded content side of things. <laughs> uh, so, so I kind of work across both kind of like our commercial content offering, as well as our our news and features, and our our day to day that really kind of like keeps the site going. But um, in as in terms of what my role is in in as compact a nutshell as I can kind of cram it into the bigger picture is to develop the overall editorial strategy and, and creative direction for the brand so and that's also about developing our different kind of like I guess properties within the our kind of overarching brand so um that includes the the on-site experience e-news uh social media and any kind of like future properties that we want to um move into like podcasting which you know is is on the horizon um just to you know get get on that trend but um it's really kind of like setting the vision um for the kind of stories we want to tell and the relationship that we want to have with our readers and then figuring out how to deliver on it so how to operationalize that so building a team across our core markets um identifying new trends and formats in the world of editorial as well as broader media and to kind of look at opportunities to to expand our footprint and really um day to day it's about working on stories um, thinking about the most interesting ways to tell them, working on potential scoops, talking to PRs and people within our core beats, going to events, um, media calls, all that jazz. Um, I'm a firm believer that that face to face is really important in what we do, and and those relationships are really important. So, um, yeah. I don't know if there's anyone who's um, who's listening at the moment, but I'm I'm very very fond of like let's meet face to face, let's have a coffee, and um, because I think those relationships are really important, and, oh, 100%.
0: and okay. yeah. you said before journalism is a contact sport as much as anything else.
1: Absolutely, absolutely.
0: So um, you've answered a couple of my questions. You, you, just there, are, one of the things I was going to ask you was um, how do you source stories, and, and you, you sort of described that there a little bit.
1: It's, um, it's yeah, it's definitely. Um, I mean, we we have. Um, I think because we work across such a kind of like diverse, uh, the lifestyle is such a diverse category now. Mm-hmm. That um, there are so many, and there are so many different potential angles within within kind of like each of our core beats. So, for travel, it can be sustainable travel; travel it can be luxury travel; it can be um, you know tiny houses, uh, transport, um, all these things that are potential stories. So, we have an infinite infinite amount of things that we can write about, and a finite number of resources. So. Um, our job is as editors is to really edit the information that's also coming in so whether you know we get i mean for me i get um i'm kind of like god i need to get my contact um email and phone number taken off the website because (laughs) i get you know 200 emails a day a lot of um pictures and um and and a lot of correspondence from prs and um and Sometimes it's hard to, you know. Sometimes that that subject line will will get a story through because I was going to say, how,
0: how do we how do we cut through two hundred emails? What's what's the secret sauce for, for for sending you a pitch that that's you know first going to get noticed and, and second going to get read?
1: Okay, so I think I'll, I'll Michael I'll quickly, I guess give you a little bit of um, insight into the kind of stories that we that that we're kind of we chase a lot and that we're really interested in that always kind of like pop out Um, newness is a is a big one for us um like any kind of like like any publisher that that trades in a lot of in a lot of news and and kind of like getting information out to people first that's a big one so new openings new collaborations um never done events um that's that's huge for us and um if we see the if we see some of those words in a subject line we'll probably we're more likely to open them Um, people-driven stories are also really big too. So I think like, you know, who's doing something different, who's an existing personality is expanding on what they do. Someone within our world, like someone within the world of food is branching out and they're starting to do something else. Collaborations, you know, celebrity-driven stuff um, tends to do well depending on the, you know, depending on the talent. Um, So, so, and um Personally, I'm really interested in experience-based first-person writing. And that's something that we're kind of starting to to build out a little bit more in, our, in what we do editorially. So, um, and we've seen some of that really connect with our audience um, really strongly. So that could be something where there's maybe a tension between the author's personality or their background and the experience. For example, we have a, now this is me being slightly evil, but we have mm-hmm. a very height-phobic writer on my team. and um, And, so he is going to do the Sydney Harbour Bridge Climb and write about the first-person perspective of someone who is scared of heights, um, doing ha- an experience that he's terrified of. Yeah. But, um, but you know, we're re- reaching a really niche audience and that kind of like speaking to a a niche audience does do very well for us. And that can be regional. We could be talking to people in a specific suburbs or people who who really see themselves in the in the story um but we, our readers also love first-hand and and we love writing um first-hand experiences of, of really covetable events or, or or special i guess special experiences where our readers can kind of like live vicariously through the author so another of our writers went to um uh KFC, the kfc pr team who do a very good job and they have a very fun brand to play with did a um Station at the restaurant Nell, which is a very, fairly complicated fi- fine dining restaurant. The producer
0: shared um, uh, one of the promos with me and is is fairly enthusiastic about that brand activation.
1: Yeah, it was. I mean, straight away we were kind of like, you've taken something this nice combination of of high and low, and or like mass and something and um, and respected fine dining. And put them together, and um, and and that worked so well. But our, we sent a writer to to experience it, and he um, kind of did a dish by dish account of it. So there were only so many tickets that they could sell, but we kind of had that. We got people to have the experience vicariously through our writer. Um, so um, that's another thing, like experience based, um, where we can kind of have one of our writers um share the their experience with a broader audience um works really well um travel is also um, is also huge right now so we w- really want to cover how we um, expand how we we're covering travel beyond regional and domestic and start looking at international experiences as That's well one of the questions that
0: we've had pop up which i'm, I'm sure you've seen um, uh, and it's good to see uh, tracy registering that you know we like things that are new um, it's great you're putting people at the, start, at the core of your story, and, and I suppose that lets the readers best engage the content. Um, how, how, would a, how would a public relations professional start that relationship with you? How would they begin? Would they pick up the phone? Is it best to email something through as an introduction? How do we start?
1: I definitely think that to to start out, I mean, I I get quite a few unsolicited phone calls my on my phone, and I always answer them because you never know. But um, I think for like for the majority of of my team, an email intro is is great, and then I, um, I know we've been we've been very much trapped in this digital um. In this digital world for the last couple of years, but um, I very much encourage my team to to get face to face and meet people. And so I'm very and and I like doing that as well. I like to have a relationship with someone. If I have if I if I if I know you and if I know your name, and we've met. I'm much more likely to to answer the call or to look at my email. And um, because, like you said, it's a you know part of this is a relationship game. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, I definitely encourage um, ma- make a coffee, have a you know, have a twenty minute chin wag, and go through some cli- go through some clients, give a few he- like key headlines, and I, I think that's, that's, I think that's the, the best way to start a relationship. I mean, that's certainly how I prefer to kind of, because we, we, with when you get. You know the volume of emails that we do a day, and the volume of pitches. Um, to have um, to have those relationships is is really important. It's very useful for us as well because once you kind of get to, once we know your, who you're working with and how you work with your clients, mm-hmm. then or who you're representing, then we can kind of go. Could you? I know what you can. I know the kind of access you've got, or the kind of relationship you've got with. A client so we kind of become more proactive about going could we do this or can we do an interview or come and have a chat or do something in person or bring a video camera down um and so it makes us a little bit more proactive as well and and you know
0: like, you're based in sydney
1: based in sydney yeah
0: expect a lot of sydney uh based prs reaching out to you uh, after after today i would think
1: hey i, I like caffeine i like yeah. caffeine <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a much needed cleanse but i like a glass of wine so yeah definitely and we do have um we have a rider in um based in melbourne and and one in brisbane as well so um we do have a team kind of and we've also got if anyone is um from based in New Zealand, we have um, a fantastic editor who's um, based in Auckland as well, but kind of like gets around as much as she can. So, um, so yeah, I think where we and it's something I really impress upon all our writers is um, is meet people and have face to face relationships with people. Yeah,
0: very important. Um, in terms of in terms of actually sharing content with you, um, do you like just a straight story? Do you like photos included, multimedia content as well?
1: Photos are fantastic for us. We yeah. don't we we don't really use video that's been um, we don't we don't really use video that hasn't been produced by us um, on our side or on our channel. So so not necessarily video, but um, but imagery is fantastic for us because. We don't have a massive, uh, we don't have a massive network of, um, of photographers who are kind of like ready to at the drop of a hat to go shoot. So landscape photography, high res, a few options is, um, is fantastic.
0: I'm just reading through some of the questions here and, and thank you all. Please do jump in and ask questions because, you know, if you don't ask, you'll never know. And if you don't know, then you can't do the next thing. Um, it looks like you're being invited skiing, which is great. Um, but... <laughs> Well, I've got one question which I would like to get to, which is um, would you be able to just quickly uh, articulate, I suppose, some of the things that will turn you immediately off a, um, off a pitch?
1: Um, I'll give you some really simple cosmetic things um, which don't, which often have absolutely no, don't reflect the actual value of the story, the interest, but can be just like a turnoff in the first couple of like the, the initial kind of receipt re, of the pitch, which can be, I hate emojis. It's subject line. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it just feels a bit spammy. Um, I also this is I'm you know I'm sure I'm not the best person to say that, but and I totally appreciate that. Not like some people love them. Some people love them, but also uh, but another one is um we. Uh, I, I totally appreciate that you guys are just as busy as we are. But sometimes when I get a, a pet hate is when you um, have an email um, that's clearly been pasted and the and another journalist's name has been left in there. Um, so it's like, hi, <laughs> name of competitor, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I'm and I, I I get it, but I'm pretty chill with that now. But you know, some of the younger people in my team get a bit teased off about it because they're very competitive so
0: um um pdfs um do you get them come through as well
1: yeah i'm cool with pdfs okay
0: so, yeah yeah i've spoken some journals that, that aren't though simply because they find it. you can sort of make it tricky to extract content and, yeah. and then share it around but if you're it, that's 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 worth knowing too yeah um i'm just reading some of the some of the questions here um would you be interested in any data driven releases and pitches rather than more of the experiential
1: pitches? yeah that's a I, I that's a great question um i it definitely i i mean it definitely depends what the i guess what the what the subject matter is so but but definitely interested in understanding if if it gives insights in our audience that we can feed back to them so if it's kind of like I'm trying to think of, I'm trying to articulate this and as a an, um, non-numbers person, I find it difficult. Definitely if, if if we can provide insights about, yeah, it's it's another way that we can kind of like reflect our audience in, in an angle. Um, we just need to kind of have the, sometimes the work is for us to do and going, okay, how do we use these? How do we use these figures and how do we use the insights to actually kind of like craft a story around it and figure out the headline? and um and sometimes um, it's really useful if you can kind of go, if we can get a pitch and go, we've done this big piece of research, we've got all these findings, how can here's an idea of how you could potentially use them and put them into an angle. Um, so I think there's a little a little bit of like we need to do that work as well, but it right. but it is really useful in going, We've done this big piece of data. This could potentially be really interesting for your audience. Um, which soon, like, we're a bunch of um, word people, so sometimes, um, you know, the sometimes their, mind gets, but their mind gets too boggled by data.
0: Yeah. Um, just a quick question that's on my mind How soon after you, you receive an email would you be expecting a phone call from a PR for a follow up? I
1: mean, Ideally, I'd. Ideally, I and if it's real a really urgent thing, and you're just like, I really, she's gonna love this story, and it's got a really really quick turnaround time. Call me that day. Call me within a couple of hours. Um, but if it's not something that's super time sensitive, and it's not like this is an absolute certified banger, twenty four hours is is cool. Yeah. Usually, just because, and it's and part of the. <laughs> Part of the um the angst of um of having of the perpetually full inbox is going. I haven't gotten back to that person. I haven't gotten back to that person. I need to get back to this person. And sometimes it's the sheer volume that we that we struggle to stay on top of. Not because we're um not because we're ignoring anyone or um avoiding anyone. So sometimes if we do miss things, like I I do love a a follow-up call but if it's not something that's super urgent give me 24 hours to to get to it first yep. and then um and then give me a buzz
0: yep that makes sense um uh, could you just very quickly talk about your audience as in who's tuning in sort of age bracket yeah anything, for sure like that?
1: so we have a pretty um it's actually it's quite interesting because uh particularly in our, with our social audience we have quite it's quite different based on the city or based on the specific market but generally we have a our audience like if if just to kind of like spout a bit of info from our media kit our most of our audience is kind of metropolitan um usually like the our kind of like core audience is like 24 to 35 um pretty reasonably high disposable income like sink and dink kind of vibes so um you know, and we have, like, whenever we write about activities to do with your kids or something that's more parent-focused, mm-hmm. um, we, we just don't, out, we haven't kind of, like, built up an audience there. It's really about um, young professional people with disposable income, creative people with disposable income who are actively looking for ways to have a good time. Okay, like, um- is that helpful?
0: Yeah, no, that's very helpful. Thank you, and I'm sure that will help people sort of focus their, their features a little bit more closely. Um, a couple of people have asked about travel and travel outside of metro areas. Is, yes. Are these stories that you're looking at? Or...
1: Absolutely, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, very much. So we're, and this is something that we're really focusing on um, and have been since we kind of came out of lockdown, is going, because people are, we, we've just done a big piece of travel research, actually. So if anyone would, and we've just kind of put together presentation for that so if anyone is interested in and that's all through our audience so we had about ten thousand people respond to the survey and i can share that information out as well but based um with anyone because it's all it's all ready to kind of like share our you know um partners and um and clients as well but um there there were some really insights that came out interesting insights that came out of that which is really people want to get I mean, we all did the domestic travel thing. got very excited by our city, shopping local, experiencing local for the last couple of years, and now people are really ready to to get out of town. So absolutely um, regional travel, um, uh, international travel, everything is, um, that's, we're seeing a massive uplift in that at the moment with search coming through to our site, but also just the onsite traffic.
0: Yeah. I've got one more question here. Uh, if you do have questions, please get them up because we're we're a little bit over, and Susan yeah. being very, very generous with the time. You're okay to keep going. I believe me, the questions are coming. So I'm more than happy to keep rolling yeah. if you want. Like.
1: Oh, there's a good question. um Do you ever pass on pictures because you feel like they are too branded? That's um, the so one I was going
0: to go straight to. Yes,
1: yeah. I, yes, we will sometimes Thank you. Thank you, we do, do that. So that's a really good question, and and sometimes it just feels. So my, I'm from I'm from the digital publishing world originally, but I worked in advertising for seven years because I'm a sellout, and um, and I know when an idea has come from an agency and they're they're going this is a PRable idea and let's and it feels too much like a creative agency pushing something that they they really want to um yeah you know it's
0: been through too many hands.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and sometimes it, it it can feel too brand brand led or um or there's not enough of a kind of there's not enough audience value or um there's not that kind of like trade off for the audience it just feels a little bit too one way. Sorry if that yeah. sounds really vague and abstract, but but yes, to answer the question we do pass on pitches cuz they feel like they're too branded. Okay, and we well, work think- with a lot of brands and so we have to kind of go we have to we have to make decisions about going. You know, do we? What do we need to prioritize? Because, like I said, infinite number of stories and topics mm-hmm. to write about. Finite yeah. resources. So, so um, if there's not that real kind of like reader value, we can And it feels a little bit too much like the brand is benefiting as opposed to our reader. We'll we'll usually give it a miss if that makes sense. It does.
0: Um, if you were getting, um, I'm just. I've got a question here from Georgie, which I think is kind of interesting because I've sort of seen this kind of story written often. For product-based businesses, aside from roundups, do you need experts to get features across the line? So I suppose delving beyond um, this is what it is, this is how much it costs, is where you can get it?
1: Yeah, that's, I think, that's a that's a really great question. It's actually something that, because we don't, we, I think, purely due to 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 our editorial resources and capacity, and not because it's not because of um, not being interested in um, covering it and writing about it, but we don't do a, a huge amount of kind of like more, I guess, shopping and product focused stories, um, which we w- which we're really keen to do a bit more of. But um, but definitely, I think with that question, um, definitely having access to experts and people who know what they're talking about can give us a little bit more intel. Um, can definitely help getting it, getting it across the line. It just needs to um, I think it's just about, I think it's it's something that we work with you on and go, what's the how can we how can we add to the story and make the story more valuable by having that access? Um, that and, and it really comes back to, again, subject matter, category, what kind of product, because um, there's cause sometimes we'll go. This is a news story in itself. That this like this thing just exists. Yeah. But um, but I mean, we always like having access to access to um ac- access to people and get being able to get original quotes and um ask a few questions is always something that we want we want to do to add to a story because we don't just like going, here's a press release, let's kind of like pass it through our own language and then chuck it on, up on the site. We want to make sure that we have some kind of-
0: has a bit more depth or value. Yeah, something for yeah. readers, yeah. Um, so a question that I'd I, I, I like to close with and ask everyone that I've spoken with. Um, yeah, it's a tough one. What's the story that you've worked on or you and your team worked on together that you look back and you, you're really proud of?
1: That's a great question. I mean, that me pausing makes it sound like I'm really struggling to think of one, but I'm just trying to think of a, a really good example. Um, we did do during, because I, I, I've i been at Concrete Playground for only a year, so I'm still reasonably new. And after a, a month of being in the role, we went into the really long lockdown yeah. um, this time last year. And so... Te- and all the beats that we wrote about were effectively on hold. So, um, so we did. I think we did a really good job of um, of covering how different local businesses were were pivoting and being creative, and um, and the and how they were kind of innovating what they do um, and their business in order to to make to continue to kind of like exist. In a really really difficult time, and we did some really lovely stories about um, individuals and really lovely profiles, and um, and kind of getting under the hood a little bit about how people were, um, and how how the industries that we really care about were surviving during those times. Um, we also did a a couple. We also did a really nice um live stream um, on through our. Sydney Facebook page with um, where we interviewed some people from the hospitality world as they were coming out of lockdown and how that had that time had impacted them and um, and kind of what they were looking forward to coming out of it. and um, and that was a it was really nice to work in a different format, but also have um, give the people who are within the world that we cover have a chance to kind of like tell their own story. Um, so that was, that was really great as well. But I mean, there's so much stuff, The yeah. you know, where I could shout, I could shout out all our different writers. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, Look, well, thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, it just, I find it helps me understand a little bit more about what you do and, and what, what you attach to and, um, yeah, I, especially like the idea of giving those people that you write about, sometimes the abstract, a real voice um, at a time when, when maybe they need to be seen. Absolutely. So, thank you, Sharon. Um, uh, I think if we keep going, we'll just keep getting uh, questions, but I think we might best leave it there. I think it's been uh, quite successful in terms of questions coming through. There is one that we do need to ask, and, and that is, um, can we get your email and share it out with all these people that are watching at home?
1: Absolutely, let me give it to you. I'm gonna put it into the chat.
0: You're going to put it into the chat, Fantastic. Yep. our producer had it, I think, ready to go. Um, but we'll let Bring you. That. Thank you so much. Um, and if there's nothing else, there is one more thing, um, and it is it is definitely one I always like to ask is, what's the one thing that you wish everyone knew about your job?
1: The okay, we. The one, oh, this is this is you've really got me here, Sorry. Mike. But it's no, that's a great question. That's good, good interviewing. Um, I would say in our world, particularly with the industries that we we cover, we want to get through. We want to get through everything, and we want to talk about everything. And the volume is, the the volume of potential stories, as I said, is endless. So yeah. I think just being just Having to make decisions where we can't do everything—that's the hardest thing. And I think, yeah. um, and I think that just like you know, I'd love to have a team of forty people who work the night shift, and we could, we, could, we would not get, we would, we we could still, we could work with a team like that, and no one would ever have run out of things to write about, especially now because it's so busy at the moment. It's fantastic that the world has opened back up, and and in our and in the lifestyle category, we've got. This, we've got so much to talk about and people are doing such amazing things. And um, so that's the hardest thing. It's just being having to say no purely because of the capacity of, you know, the the writers who from my team who, who work really, really hard. So, so like that's yeah. the hardest thing. Good,
0: good. It's, it's good to have a, a good team and, and a lot to write about. Yes. Um, we'll let you get back to it. Thank you again so much uh, for spending some time with us. Pleasure. Um, and we, i, I Think we might see if we can't connect um, with a coffee sometime soon.
1: Yeah, I'd love to. If anyone's in Sydney or next time in Melbourne, if anyone's based in Melbourne, let me know.
0: Thank you so much, Suze. Thank, Thank you very much for joining us on Influencing Insider today. That was Suze talk of replay ground. If you'd like to rewatch the episode, we will receive an email with a link to the online replay shortly. If you'd like to access previous insider episodes or keep up with journalists, movements and contact details, sign up for free at influencing.com. We'll be back
1: next week. Hope to see you there and bye for now.